Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, we're going to start things right out with Phil Weston. He's the athletic director at St. Thomas. He's had kind of a dull spring. We thought we'd call him and liven things up a little bit. Uh, PJ, I hope when you uh, took the job, you uh, got a uh, clause in there that said on the outside chance that St. Thomas should be kicked out of the MIAC. It might mean a little extra work, a little extra compensation for you. Dave, I appreciate it. Appreciate that. You know, happy Memorial Day weekend, all those um, listening. It. You know, when when I did take the job, this was uh, this had been discussed for a couple of years, and of course, it escalated in the last several months. And uh, and the resolution is what it is, as we've seen over the last few days. Phil, is it? Uh, we're all trying to get our arms around this. Uh, I know you have to be invited to another conference, and and I know that other conferences are looking at you, etc. But how easy? What, what what's the fact finding mission? How long does it take? to get to some kind of a resolution as to what you do next? Sure, Mike. You know, that's a great question. And one we've asked a lot, you know, we, we need to sit down and, and really assess what the options are that are available to us, whether they're at the Division three level or if we think reclassifying to Division two is the right fit for us. And that'll take some time to determine what the impacts are financially, travel-wise, student-effort experience. And we really hope to get to that over the summer. Um, and then once we do identify where we think the best fit might be, we actually do need to be invited. So we've got to work to secure that invitation. You know, we happen to think that we've got a couple of attributes that may may bode well for that candidacy, whether it's the, the location of, of St. Thomas and the Twin Cities Marketplace, uh, the, the academic reputation and the impact that we have on both our students and the community at large with St. Thomas, and not to mention the competitive excellence and, and the success that we've had in athletics over the last several decades. We, we hope that that's attractive to a couple of different conferences, and we'll work to secure that invitation once we identify where we think that best fit might be. I want to tell our listeners, Phil, if anybody's needing to get on the airplane, so we're going to make this fairly quick. Just a couple more questions. Phil, a couple of people said to me, well, it's been well known for years that they're looking at D1. Why don't they just announce they're going directly to D1? You can't do that. Yeah, right, right now, the way the NCAA bylaws are written, uh, Division One reclassification requires that you've been at the Division Two level for at least five full years. And so uh, the way that, that these bylaws are written today in order for us to take a look at division one if if even we thought that was the right fit for us that's you know it's an expense we'd have to take a look at and and certainly implications on our student athletes and some other other items on campus Uh, it would be um it would be reclassifying to division two and uh making sure that that we have a great experience at the division two level before we could consider it I was talking to Dan O'Brien, someone you know well that you worked with. Sure. Of course, he's been AD at Concordia, Hamlin, worked at the University of Minnesota with you. And he said uh, one thing that Phil will understand that a lot of people don't understand is wherever you go, it, it's travel costs. That, it, yeah. And when you, the MIAC, you know, you go down the road to play about half your games. But he said everybody thinks it's football and one thing. No, no, it's not one trip a year. It's the volleyball team, the softball team, the baseball team, and you do the multiples on that. And travel costs before you even get to scholarships is one of the biggest concerns. It is, you know, the, both the travel costs and the travel impacts on our student athletes, the time yeah. that they may have to pull, be pulled out of class and the time they spend traveling. And, you know, one of the things that some of these conferences do really, really well that the Maya doesn't have to do is look at travel partners. And so 
Uh, when you do travel on a weekend, you try to hit two locations that are pretty close in proximity. Uh, you know, with the Mayak, we have the luxury of, of just driving down Summit Avenue in McAllister, driving across town to Augsburg or wherever might be in town. And, yeah. and so, you know. I, I just remember that one trip to Concordia we take a year when I was playing at Hamlet seemed like, yeah. you know, and, and we did that once a year, you know. Right, right. And then, well, and then a lot of conferences, those are short, that's a short trip, right? And yeah. so, um, you know, the again, at, at different divisions and in, in different conferences, they do. Uh, they are pretty strategic in how they schedule traveling and they find those travel partners so that so you mitigate minimize the impact as much as you can on student athletes and, and expense. Phil, a couple of people said to me, what's going to happen with the rivalry with St. John's? It's funny how often that comes up. Well, maybe our listeners are aware of this. Uh, I certainly am because I worked with you, but you're probably as much as any individual on earth responsible for the building of TCF Bank Stadium when you were with sure. Joe Maturi's staff. How about a 2021 match, St. Thomas and St. John's filling TCF Bank Stadium? Well, you know what, it's certainly appealing. We'll be over at Allianz this fall and looking forward yep. to that, hosting St. John's in, in, in St. Paul this fall. It's a great venue for those of you that had an opportunity to get out and see the United play. Um, we'll sell it out, and it'll be a great opportunity to celebrate that great rivalry. And, and then from there, we, we need to look at opportunities and ways we can try to you know retain that rivalry, depending on where we go next. Um, we'll really uh, kind of dictate what that looks like in the future. What's your alumni response been so far? You know, Mike, that's a that's a great question. Um, our alumni have been really been fantastic. You know, like many of us on campus, I think they were pretty sad uh, to hear the news. It was, um, you know, it's impactful to all of us. We've enjoyed, uh, you know, enjoyed almost a hundred years in the Mayak and it's created great rivalries and great relationships. I have a lot of friends who graduated from other Mayak schools and they had great experiences on their campuses. Uh, but they also are very supportive and aligned in supporting whatever's next for St. Thomas. And so it's been a little bit of both in that, hey, look, this is this is really a sad day for St. Thomas. It's a sad day for the Mayak, but let's look forward. And, you know, we made we made a decision a century ago to join the Mayak. A century later, we've, we've got another decision to make, and hopefully it lasts for another 100 years. Phil, uh, as you're exploring possible options, is hockey going to be a challenge? Because some of the conferences you might look at in other parts of the country, the other sports seem to fit pretty well, but hockey gets to be an outlier. Yeah, Hockey is one that, that could be a challenge if we reclassify it to Division Two. of course. Um, there are a couple of options at the Division Three level for, for hockey. And I'll say this, our sports are really important to us. Uh, we'd like to retain the same sports portfolio that we have, and we'll do everything that we can to do that. Uh, and and before we make any decision, we'll look at what the impacts are on those sports, and uh, you know we'll we'll have to have a solution for all of them, including hockey, before we make any move. Yeah, because hockey could even in theory, you could if I mean we're way out too far out in front of ourselves, but even if you went to the NSIC, say or Division Two, you mm-hmm. could appeal to the MIAC and have them in the MIAC in hockey. I would think, huh? Yeah, you know, I, I think there are a couple options there, Mike. Whether that's trying to appeal and, and ask for a waiver with the MAIC or, or taking a look at, a, at another conference at another division. Um, you know, a lot of those schools are in the Northern Sun participate in ice hockey at the Division One level. The NCAA does not allow, right now, does not allow you to bifurcate your sports across divisions. But there may be a case we can make there. You know, I don't, I don't want to speak on behalf of the NCAA, but we'll look at what all our options are there before we make any final decision. Phil, we'll let you go. Uh, you, uh, of all the guests we've had, I've never had anybody catching an airplane and have a quieter phone situation than you've got. I, We're I here found the, the international. I found the international corner here, David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very well done. All right, we'll let you catch that flight. If you don't mind, we're going to check back in. I think there's going to be a lot of news coming out of St. Thomas in the next year or so, and we'd like to stay on top of it. So we'll check in with you from time to time. Well, I appreciate that. I enjoy the conversation with both of you, and, uh, and have a great Memorial Day weekend. Thanks, Phil.
right. Thanks, guys. Oh, yeah, that's Phil Essen of St. Thomas. Back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. Welcome back. What a Memorial Day lineup we've got, starting with Phil Eston. Ryan Saunders will join us later from the Timberwolves, but right now his boss, Gerson Rosas. Welcome to the Twin Cities on behalf of the Sports Idol. met you a few times, but uh, fun to have you on the air and uh, interesting what's going on in Timberwolves land. Thanks for giving us a few minutes today. No, thank you for the opportunity. I'm excited to be on with you both. So what happens, Ryan We see, is the head coach. So now you and he get together, and obviously there has to be a focus on 2019-20. What happens this week, next week? What are these next few weeks like as you're leading up to the draft and free agency? So we're, uh, we're caught in the perfect storm of nonstop activity, which is actually more positive than anything. But we're in the middle of uh, putting a staff together for Ryan. Uh, we're getting ready for the draft. We're getting ready for free agency as well. We're having communication with every team in the league in terms of how we can help ourselves, uh, but we're doing it together as a partnership, and it's great for me, and it's, it's great for Ryan for us to be able to walk through this process together. Gerson, if you'd uh, kind of take us uh, to your desk, how does the process work? What's the number of your outgoing calls versus your inbound calls? Agents are trying to get their players placed. You're, you've got the draft coming up. What, what does the day look like? <laughs> you know what? When you when you start a new opportunity like I've started here, the calls are pretty balanced. As time goes out, it'll be more outgoing than incoming. That's just the nature of the business. But our market, whether it's signing players or trading players, working with other teams, it's not very efficient. So, you know, there's there's a pressure in the market not to do anything. Uh, but for us in the stage where we're at, we have to explore everything and we want to make sure we build the best team possible that we can this year and moving forward. And, you know, our, our mindset in terms of building this program and establishing a strong foundation so we can have sustainable success is going to take a lot of activity. So team wise, I think we've been very aggressive. We've talked about, we've talked to just about every team in the league. Uh, and then the other process is, I think it's a combination of both, but you're constantly exploring, you know, what you're doing internally versus what's available externally and how you can connect those dots to get value for your team. Gerson, you certainly understand the value of uh, guard play in Houston. Uh, when you look at the Timberwolves just right now, point blank, uh, you know, Rose is unsigned, uh, Tyus Jones is unsigned, and to me, Jeff Teague is a huge question mark because you don't know how much he'll play next year. Uh, how, how do you assess that position that is so critical? It's a critical position, not only for our team, but how we want to play uh, in terms of having an, uh, an open floor system with pace and creativity. So that's that's a big one for us. I think we're, we're, we're in a good place with Jeff. Jeff's been in the facility. He's been working hard, so we feel good about him coming in. We do have a couple of situations that are going to be determined this summer uh, at that position, as you mentioned. Um, but we feel, you know, we feel good about our odds there, um, if that's the direction that we need to go into. Uh, but we're going to look at everything. I think you want depth. Um, you know, in Houston, we had the example of having two point guards. You often don't get that opportunity. You also can't pre-select your superstar. So you have to uh, do the best that you can with what's available. But it's going to be a key position of uh, to ad- for us to address this offseason, either getting better with player development, bringing guys back, or looking at opportunities to upgrade that. But we need that position to be a strong one for us in terms of how we want to play. Talk about the upcoming draft and what your thoughts are. A lot of speculation on who you might wind up with. Talk about your needs and the ideal position uh, that you're in. 
So we feel good about 11. Uh, we feel like this draft is, is uh, where we're at. There's going to be good depth, and it, it's pretty flat in that area. So you'll see us do a couple of things. A, we feel confident about the guy we can get, but we also want to be creative to lock in as much talent as possible. So we're, we're currently having conversations with other teams to be able to move up if, um, if our targets are at, at different spots ahead of us. So we're assessing what, what's it going to take to do that. Uh, and then there's also multiple teams with multiple picks in the first round. And if we feel like there's enough value on the board and we can move back and pick up value, pick up assets, and pick up a similar guy than what we're getting there, we'll look to do that as well. Uh, we'll also explore opportunities if we can find a player uh, where we can trade 11 out for that can help us a little bit more and is in a, you know, in a, in a, in a contract or a team-friendly situation. We'll look at all those things, but we, you know, we're going to be very thorough. We're going to be very diligent. Uh, we've got draft workouts coming up, so we're really going to get to know this this group as 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 best as we can, and be prepared to pivot to get the most value we can. You obviously had a very unique situation with James Harden and the way Houston ran uh, ran their offense, etc. Carl Anthony Towns obviously is in the point guard that's going to bring the ball down the floor. But are there ways, are there things that you see in the Houston style where you could run an offense through Towns to showcase your best player and, and let his skill set work? Absolutely. And, I, and to be fair, you know, Mike D'Antoni deserves a ton of the credit because he's, he's the father of this type of philosophy. And you adjust your philosophy to every roster and every player that you have. You know, in Phoenix, it was different with Steve Nash. In Houston, it was different with, with James and Chris. Uh, here in Minnesota, the approach and the values are going to be similar, but the execution is going to be different because, you know, Carl is our is our number one priority. We're going to play through him. I think we're going to take a lot of pressure off of him with the pace that we're going to play, the floor spacing that we're going to have. You know, we have to add more shooting around him and more skill uh, to take some of the defensive pressure that he's going to face. So, it's going to be different in that we're playing to maximize our roster and Carl specifically. Um, but I do expect to have similar foundation and similar values uh, that we had not only Houston, but the way Golden State plays and the way some of Mike's teams in Phoenix played as well. Here's some maybe time for one or two more questions. Uh, timetable on putting your coaching staff together. Uh, we're on it now. We're on it now from uh, the moment uh, we move forward with Ryan. We've been, um, you know, we put a target list together. We're talking to different candidates. Uh, we're assessing best fits and evaluating uh, how we can put that staff together. But for me, and I said this uh, during my press conference, you know, Ryan is the biggest piece of that group. But the success and failure is not on one man or one individual. It's on the staff. And Ryan and I are working hard to put together the best staff around him that complements him and that will help us uh, move this program forward. Gersa, appreciate it very much. Look forward to visiting with you in the future, and we'll get you a silver butter knife steak to Murray's to, to welcome you into town. <laughs> I appreciate it. Next time i got to come in studio, we'd love to be with you guys. We'll, 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 we'll make we'll it work happen. That out. Yep. Appreciate it so much. All right, uh, we'll be back with more right after this Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, Mike, we are back. Let's uh, let's pick up on that uh, Timberwolves discussion. I was doing the math. Do you know how many days ago was the Timberwolves played their their last game? Like three years, <laughs> you know. You went long. You know, you're yeah, you're forty by my math. Forty six uh, days ago, since well, see, the Timberwolves. Well, it's amazing teams are still playing, isn't it? Oh my gosh! You know, I mean, they've turned this over, and uh, I think um, 
uh, you know, Randy Whitman, first of all, you know, he's, he lives here yeah. half the year, and I think he will, you know, he's been a consultant for him since Ryan came on, and I think he'll have an advanced role with this team when you're talking about. I don't think he'll be on the bench necessarily, but I think he's going to have a, an impact on Would this team's sounding sure. board. Yeah. He, uh, he coached with Ryan in, in Washington. Um, I, the, the free agent that I think they might have a tough time signing is Tyus Jones. July 1st comes for him, and I think his value is going to be great. And if they don't know what they're going to do with Teague by then, in other words, if they can't trade him, which I'm sure they're trying to do, uh, the other one that players are lobbying for internally have lobbied uh, people that they think are in charge is Ricky Rubio. They'd love to see him. He's going to be a free agent. Yeah. They'd love to see him go after him. Now, I don't know why Rubio might want to come back here, given that he had a pretty good. He's had a pretty good experience in uh, in Utah. Well, they, they like him in Utah. Like also, Utah. He's, he's no threat at all on the three. And everything I'm hearing is this team's going to shoot. 20, 30% more threes. Yeah. Can they make them? Yeah. I don't know. It was funny talking to Towns. So you, you know what he's doing this offseason? Playing baseball. Baseball? He's softball? out in Los Angeles uh, baseball? playing baseball. And he told me that he's taking this up, and, and he's, he, he's, it's like an amateur team. I don't think it's akin to town team ball as we know it here. Yeah. But whatever they got in L.A., he's playing. He said, boy, it's a lot harder game than I thought. He could have <laughs> yeah, told you that for you. He could have called Michael Jordan and maybe <laughs> yeah. gotten a little bit of a read and your strike that. zone's big, you know, but he's, I guess he's having a ball doing it. Boy, think of that strike zone. Yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe he's got a pretty good arm. Maybe he's pitching a little bit, but a good, good first base target, too. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Got a couple of text messages here. Somebody's saying, uh, you know, let's talk of uh, St. Thomas going uh, D1 is absolutely ridiculous. Well, listen to what they're saying. They're not, they can't go to Division One By somebody's math, it's 11 years, minimally at six years, uh, to go to, you got to go through Division, five years in Division Two first. But, you know, St. Thomas's ability to raise money is unmatched. Yeah. They, they're, they, you know, um, I, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be really interesting. But I think this worked a lot of people at St. Thomas that worked in their favor because if they'd left the MIAC on their own, there'd have been alumni that were upset because they love the MIAC. Absolutely. Now you got no choice. You got kicked out. So now that same alumni base that would have been upset has got a, is probably going to rally around you and say, hey, we're in, you know, we, we understand it's not. I think this is the golden goose for them. And where they go with it, you know, if they go to Division Two to the NSIC and it works and they're the perfect travel partner because they've been sitting there, Concordia's been sitting there and they have no travel partner really, um, then the MIC's got to be aware because other schools might say, boy, that looks kind of inviting. Mike, whoever thought we'd uh, be seeing St. Thomas as the underdog? I mean, that's a strange outcome. And, and, and believe me, there are coaches in the MIC that want them so bad in the league, yeah. and they're saying, "Now we look like the bad guys, like we wimped out. We want to keep yeah, playing." It was a, it was a presidential Thomas. vote. Let's be yeah. clear on that. It was not not the coaches, not the ads. We'll be back with Derek Falvey. I understand his baseball team's doing fairly well. Uh, we've got two text messages. Obviously, people who were listening last week said calls question mark. I can't answer that right now. I don't know. We've got a lot of guests lined up. We will try to get calls in. Just stay tuned. I'll announce it if I see it coming. You're listening to Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 